Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, you have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for tuning in to this show twice a week, or if it's your first time here, thanks for discovering Making Waves at Sea Level. I've been hosting this podcast, originally called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I have been hosting it for six and a half years and over 640 episodes. And I can't even believe that that happened because this was just a little experiment that I was going to do for a couple of months because six and a half years ago, podcasting seemed fun. Now, of course, everyone has a podcast. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to plug another podcast. I am the host now of five shows, three of which I am the outside paid host for. And one of those is the National Speakers Association's brand new podcast called Speakernomics. And the motto of that show is speak, get paid, repeat. If you use the spoken word to promote your business, or if you're a trainer or a coach or a consultant or a podcaster or a professional speaker, I hope that you're listening to Speakernomics. So today on Making Waves at Sea Level, we're talking to somebody who I have stalked for over a decade as an entrepreneur because her original company had such delicious products and her new company has more delicious products. And so this is Sherry Fitzpatrick of Sherry's Berries. Now, she no longer is with Sherry's Berries. Her new company is called Buried in Chocolate. And we're going to talk about the journey that she had because she is a classic American entrepreneur. She took her hobby and passion for dipping strawberries, yum, and actually turned it into a $50 million brand. She is innovative, she loves to have fun, and we are going to have a great time today on Making Waves at Sea Level. Hey, Sherry, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you could be here. So not everybody is familiar with Sherry's Berries, which means that their taste buds uh, have been, you know, bummed out because they haven't been eating your wonderful product over the years and now your new product of Buried in Chocolate. So let's talk about the early days. How did you found Sherry's Berries? Then we're going to talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, um, my love affair with strawberries started uh, when I was a little girl. I grew up in Southern Oregon. And my dad always had a uh, garden, which included a strawberry patch. And somehow it became my job to go and pick the berries. And my mom would make these amazing strawberry pies. And um, they just became my favorite fruit. And when I graduated from high school, you know, I'm from a small town. I actually graduated from the same high school my grandmother did. Wow. Uh, yeah, small you, you, town. You don't really hear that of that very often, that people went to the oh, same high school that grandma did. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And <laughs> um, I you know, graduated from high school and had no idea um, what I wanted to do with my future. Always been very driven. Um, when my older brother invited me to move to Los Angeles to be a mortgage broker, I couldn't pack fast enough. I moved to L.A., Always wanted to be a California girl, I guess. And uh, it was there that I was introduced to the concept of dipping my beloved strawberries in chocolate. My mother-in-law, Emily, I mean mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, Emily, she's like a mother to me. Um, 
anyway, she, um, she is an amazing cook and caterer. And so to market myself to real estate agents, I formed this new hobby that I loved. I'd be up till two in the morning dipping strawberries and she taught me how to use cellophane and make bows and wrap them up. And I would take them into my real estate offices. And it was crazy to me how crazy, you know, especially the women uh, real estate agents went over these dang berries, you know, because I'm thinking it's not rocket science, you know what I mean? Melt some chocolate, put strawberry in it, you know, wrap it up, make it look pretty. And they just would go nuts. So we're both really happy. I'd get a lot of business and they'd get strawberries and that was my, how I marketed myself. So after four and a half years in LA, I was a little homesick. So I actually moved up to Reno, Nevada. Um, it was only four hours away from my Southern town in Oregon where all my family was. And, um, I, uh, became a stockbroker. See, I, I thought you had to have like a prestigious job title, um, to be successful what, at that time in my 20s. You mean you didn't really, think that a lady who dipped berries in chocolate was, was going to be successful? No, I thought that was actually kind of a little embarrassing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got my, I did a crash course, like the mortgage broker crash course, did another crash course in, um, uh, got my series six and seven. Um, first time around and became a stockbroker. I was the youngest broker and the only woman in my office. It was a little lonely still. And um, I, uh, you know, I did it for about a year. I wear my heart on my sleeve. It wasn't a good career for me because I, you know, it was like, if you call 10 people, nine hang up and one talk to you, then that's really good odds. That didn't work for me. So after a year, um, I moved to Sacramento and I decided Sacramento would be the perfect place for me to take my hobby of dipping strawberries and turn it into, you know, a business. I'd had someone at an investment class I was talking to saying, I mean, you're doing this money stuff and you can make these berries. And that was kind of my aha moment. So um, when I was in high school, I was madly in love with this guy named Clay Fitzpatrick. And when I lived in LA, Clay moved to Sacramento so I thought Sacramento might be the perfect place for me to start my berry idea because I wanted to get back to California. Maybe you were going to find Clay Fitzpatrick. <laughs> if Clay was here right now, he'd tell you, Tom, that I was stalking him. But yeah, I was whatever. just going to say, it sounds like it. I met him in high school. I moved away for six years and then I yeah. moved in down the street. <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah. Today, Sherry, we call that stalking. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it worked. Um like I got a $1,500 cash advance on a credit card at a credit union here. And I think I gave away more berries than I sold the first year. I went to every event. I would get them business section Monday, you know, Monday morning. I get the, the business newspaper, the regular newspaper, and I keep tabs on everything that was going on in Sacramento. I knew nobody, just one person. And so I would take my berries around to every event, make sure they were a gift or served or whatever. And it was like potato chips. You know, I'd give them one and they'd come back for more. But see, nobody had ever given strawberries as a gift before. It had always just been a confection. And so people were really confused about what I sold. So I had really had my work cut out for me. And so um, at one point, I, I, cre- I wanted to tell people what we did. So I compare us to a florist. You know, we wrap up, you give us a call and if something's sent out and we send it. So the business really took off. Um, I created a, a bouquet of strawberries where they look like flowers. So people get the visual concept that we're like a florist. And as I able to get that patented, um, opened uh, my first store 
And then we got, I got married and I got my man and we started a family right away. So I had three little baby boys and it was quite the juggle. Um, I'm great inspiration for mompreneurs. You know, I've been through that juggle and, you know, as long as we have our priorities in the right order, when we put our family first and all that guilt goes away. And that was a great lesson. So anyways, my business was in its ninth year there was this new thing called the internet and um, I'm not very tech savvy. I was pregnant with my third son and had two stores in a factory and overwhelmed our same source sales um, were 35% a year, year over year, same source sales. And it just overwhelmed, exhausted Valentine's day used to literally ruin my life. And so when I was approached by a young tech minded uh, lawyer, with the deal of a lifetime, I went all in immediately. I, I didn't even know what due diligence was, and I didn't know I was supposed to get my own lawyer. I thought he was my lawyer, my new partner, and it took me about a year to realize I'd trust the wrong person. And over the next 10 years, I would just live kind of a nightmare of getting chipped away at and um, the new and, CEO. And over, over those 10 years, Sherry's uh, Berries and the idea of shipping berries moved from a little neighborhood in Sacramento yes. to being a global phenomenon, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's... um. Yeah, no, it's, it just went crazy. And I love marketing. I love creating a product and then figuring out how to market it. That's kind of my thing and being funky and different. And, um, but I just, you know, my artistic side was being toyed with cause I never, I didn't have a say anymore. And then the internet bubble burst in early two thousands and the company was just in really bad shape and a lot of debt that the new CEO insisted that was incurred and, and I didn't really like having any debt. I had no debt when my business was in its ninth, tenth year, zero. I just used the profits to build the company because I wanted to have fun. I didn't have to worry about paying the bank. And um, anyway, I'm not afraid of hard work. I think that when you take your passion and you add it together with hard work, I mean, anything's possible. And that's when dreams become reality. I mean, I started my business without any education or experience, but I I wasn't afraid of hard work and I just, I'm, I'm the kind of person I don't like anybody telling me what to do. <laughs> I had to do my own thing. And so anyway, um, when my business was in its um, 20th, 21st year, um, I fell below that, you know, 51% line and um, the board of directors were most of the first initial big investors and uh, they wanted their money out. And so they sold the company off um, the new CEO put together it you know, great package for himself with uh, San Diego based pro flowers. And they got the company for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And I got zero, I lost it all. Oh, and oh. it just, it broke my heart. And then it was almost like a missing child. It was still out there with my name on it, but I had nothing to do with it anymore. And it, and now it's just like so overproduced and it's all about numbers. And so anyways, I, I, I just want to, I, I want to touch on this for all of the entrepreneurs who are listening. The company grew to like a $50 million brand. It had this giant online presence and you as the founder got pushed out mm -hmm. the door. Yep. What did that, and what, I did, just, what I did that feel like? Oh, well, it was painful. It was the hardest time in my whole life. I, I didn't even know how I would survive, but I had these three young boys to take care of and I cried a lot and it took, I grieved it. I grieved it like I'd lost one of my sons. Um, that's how painful. I mean, losing when you, a child has to be the worst. And I'm not saying it was that bad, but that's how it felt to me. Mm -hmm. And it took me years. It took years for me to, you know, figure out now what, I, what do I want to do? And it was during, you know, right after the company was sold and going through all this, I got a book deal. 
And that's a whole nother story. I went kind of behind the scenes. I wanted a traditional book deal and I hired a mentor um, who took me to New York City and we went to the big book show and I had a 15 second spill and a book proposal and I got a deal with Pelican. They published my book in hardcover. It was in every Barnes and Noble overnight nationwide. So I thought I better, I've always been kind of a public speaker, you know, a way to market my berries. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I could do that because I, I enjoy it and I'm good at it. And I'm a storyteller. And so I started, you know, doing research and I found the NSA and which is um, which for those listening is the National Speakers Association, which yes. I am a super active member of. And as I said at the beginning, uh, I'm the host of NSA's new podcast, Speaker Nomics. Yes. So I think for yeah. people who want to break into that business, mm. NSA does a great job of teaching you the roadmap yes. of the business of speaking. So so let, uh-huh. let, let's let's recap here. You go through what is one of the worst possible things an entrepreneur can go through. You build a brand mm-hmm. that works, they push you out the door. Other people get money and you end up with nothing and your name on the door of a business that's still happening, but maybe not up to the quality you would have had if it was still your your corner store. So resilience becomes a big part of Sherry Fitzpatrick's life. So you found ways to bounce back. So let's talk about what you did, what you did to bounce back. Yeah. Well, you know, it's entrepreneurs is not something you become. I believe it's something you are. It's in your blood. You were born that way. And so we're not quitters and there's not an option. And I learned, that's what I learned. And during that time of grieving, I, I read this article, this woman uh, researcher wanted to um, do research to find out if American entrepreneurs, successful American entrepreneurs had any common denominators amongst themselves that wasn't really obvious And what her research found was that the majority of all successful entrepreneurs have their biggest success right after their biggest failure. Wow. Wait a minute. I want to hit that. The biggest success comes after the biggest failure. That was proof. Wow. Yeah. Because when we're in the ditch and on our hands and knees, that's when we learn the most and we're strengthened and our character is built. Not when we don't have a care in the world. And as a speaker, who in the hell would want to listen to that? (laughs) Now my audience are laughing and crying and they're relating to me. And God has humbled me. And you know, the easiest way is usually not the best way. It's usually the hardest way is the best way. And so um, it's definitely not my plan. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want it this way, but there's a purpose in it. And um, you know, I just wanted to have fun and be a berry dipper. Now God, has given me this platform to inspire and encourage thousands of entrepreneurs a year. And Sherry, what what an important message in 2021 after coming out of 2020. So many people, while while they didn't go through such a a public uh, issue as you probably did as the face (laughs) of a big company, but many Uh of us, myself included, you know, as a professional speaker, my only income a year ago was speaking on live stages. And I watched my biggest year ever on the books 2020 evaporate within about a two week yes. period. And yeah. I had to get scrappy and reinvent myself. And I haven't mm-hmm. completed that journey yet, but I, I now work for an executive search firm and I'm learning a whole bunch more about business than I ever have. Probably the best company. I work for a company called Stanton Chase International, one of the best nice. companies I've ever worked for. And I'm learning how to help companies find those key executives. I've always been a person who's about networking and connecting and 
poof, all of a sudden I get to take those into a new path. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting mm-hmm. paid to host several podcasts. I'm still a speaker. Uh, and then I started coaching people this year, which is something I'd avoided and only did occasionally. So now I have like these different lanes, but when you add them together, I'm coming out like that Phoenix rising from the ashes that you're describing. <laughs> yeah. Those dry bones coming to life. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel your pain. Um, I too, my main source of income and my, my main passion and drive, and I love to travel and explore was live speaking events as a keynote. And I'm excited because I've got three booked already for this fall. Nice. So, um, that's coming around, but, um, you know, a lot of innovation and great creations have come because of difficult times and being pressed and necessity and, um, a lot of people right now need hope. When you have hope, you have a lot. And so I, again, love encouraging people now to take that idea out for a spin. Give it a try. You know, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you never take, says uh, Wayne Gretzky. So, I mean, a lot of people hate their job. They've lost their job. And they have this dream for this idea, whether it's a service or a product, family secret recipe, and they've always had it in the back of their mind. So I am kind of launching this Sherry show kind of thing because people send me their ideas all the time. I mean, she can do strawberries. I can do it with my peanut brittle, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so just encouraging people to, you know, take it out for a spin, just try it, you know, spend 10 bucks at Vistaprint, get some business cards and trade it, trade it for people that need it and just try it. Just, just start, just start. And mistakes aren't all bad. Some mistakes can be, very valuable. So Sherry, I want to go deeper into this whole idea of following your dreams. If if Sherry can do it, so can you. But first, (laughs) but first I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work that I hate the pesky technical work. So they do that for me so that you as the podcaster can focus on creating great content, growing your audience and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Sherry Fitzpatrick. So if you want to start a podcast and I know some of you listening, that's what you want to do. You know what? You can jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this program. So Sherry, I love this idea that you encourage people that, hey, if you have a dream, take it for a spin. So what's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing you learned from growing Sherry's Berries, losing Sherry's (laughs) Berries, growing a successful career as an author and a speaker, and I also want to talk about Buried in Chocolate, the new offering. Mm -hmm. So so let's, let's talk about what have you learned? Well, in the short term, I've learned the importance and experienced the importance of being diversified in what your offerings are. And uh, we started a bed and breakfast um, up here in the wine country where we've been for 18 years. And that was huge because um, everybody was coming up from the Bay Area to social distance and we put it on Airbnb and we're just sold out six weeks out. Wow. So there's a huge filling in the gap. And, and then and I love the name. I, you have to tell everybody the name of the bed and breakfast yeah, because that's cool bed, too. Yeah. Bed and berries. I love naming things. I think when you name something, um, 
you know, a project or your company name or a product, it should be really fun to say and easy to remember. But yes, Sam, Horn, Sam Horn, who is a, a legendary marketing speaker, Sam Horn says, when you name it, you own it. So in addition uh-huh. to, you know, wanting to, to, to name something uh, that's cool and fun to say, you also want it to be unique. So it's memorable and you can build a brand mm-hmm. around it, which you have clearly done yeah. with everything you do. Yeah, I love it. And it supports the B&B supports my other B&B, which is called Boys and Berries. And that's at boysandberries.org. And that's my ministry. Um, that's my new passion project. Um, I feel like the first 50 years of my life, I was, you know, so driven and building it up and storing it. And now the next 50 years of my life, I'm going to see what I can leave behind and really work on things that are everlasting. And the most, you know, I've learned the true definition of success early in this iPod, I told you or podcast, I told you that, um, you know, I thought I had to have a prestigious job title to be successful. And now I'm learning that the most important part of success is, you know, realizing the difference between making a living and making a life. Um, life is short, what 80, hundred years, like a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And, um, if you can spend your life in the hours of your life, I mean, you're you're trading your life for your work and then the money you make, what, for your house, your car, whatever. So um, we're all given the same amount of hours. So to do what you love and enjoy your work, that's just the key to my success. And the things we can't see are the things that are most important. It's not what kind of car you drive or house you live in, but the things like peace and joy and love. And those are the things that last forever and the things that are most valuable. And then just, um, you know, when God made us all for a purpose. And so when we can find that and live in that and have, it creates a passion and, you know, um, and then we have this power to do what God has made us, created us to do on this life. And mine is I love to help others. And my spiritual gift is that of exhortation and hospitality. And um, I really enjoy it. So, you know, I just encourage everybody to find their passion, the thing that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. And can't, I mean, one year I couldn't wait to get back from vacation so I could work on that project. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to something here. So you call yourself, I, I met you on Clubhouse. So we were in a conversation yes. and you introduced yourself as I'm just a berry dipper. And I thought that was so, dipper. I thought that was so cool because it just takes it down to the core of your passion. So uh-huh. how long was it after the exit that you had mm-hmm. from Sherry's mm-hmm. Berries till you started dipping berries again and selling them? Mm-hmm. Uh, three years. Um, I, I spent my time focusing on building my speaking career. Um, I got accepted into the academy, the NSA Academy in the Bay Area, and they catapulted my public speaking to a professional level in about nine months. And I learned so much. And um, so I served my chocolate dipped strawberries to the entire audience before I take stage. I want to make sure everybody likes me right away. But it's just part of my show. You know, in the NSA, I realized that people aren't speakers to be speakers. Everybody, I was at a conference and I felt like I was at a circus. And it dawned on me, everybody has a story and and they speak about a story or themselves or an idea or product. And, and that's why you're a speaker. And um, I just, so... My present, I have a presentation. It's very entertaining and um, a lot of humor. 
serve everybody berries. We have a cool two minute video bio that we play and um, people started asking me, well, how do we get berries from you? We, the berries at Sherry's berries aren't like this anymore. They don't have the quality or the freshness. And I had to keep saying, well, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, when you're in business, about the third time you say we don't have that or we can't do that, you better figure out how to sell that or do that because <laughs> you're missing an opportunity. It's like when I told you I, I started doing coaching as part of my offering was I had enough people ask me, you know, can you coach me either to be a speaker or you uh-huh. know to do business development for lawyers or a couple other topics. And I used to right. say no, or I'd do it if mm-hmm. I really liked them. And you're right. After about the third time of saying no, you're like, how much money am I leaving on the table if people keep asking this question? Yeah, I call it, no pun intended, but low-hanging fruit. (laughs) I get get the the (laughs) point. Strawberries, those are low-hanging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I I never agreed. The the Polish girl from Oregon, the Berry Dipper, did one thing right, and that is I never agreed to a non-compete. I've been dipping strawberries in my kitchen long before there was a Sherry's Berries, and I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't do that. So no non-compete. So... I started Buried in Chocolate, which is the title of my book um, that Pelican published, and then got back in out of the board, horrible boardroom and back into the inventing room, and all my new funky crazy things are at buriedinchocolate.com, and so I, we have, our, we live up here in the Fair Play Wine Region, that's where our B&B is, we've been here 17 years, and I dip my wine in chocolate. We shrink wrap it, and it's wrapped up, and it's like an innovative pairing of wine and chocolate. And it's fine, estate, big, bold, red, award, double gold, award-winning wines. We live in a Zinfandel Appalachian up here. It's amazing. Yum. And Barbera, Zinfandels, Malbecs, all of those all big, my, bold all Italian all my, titles. All my favorites. I'm going to have to come yeah. visit. Yeah, we dip the bottles in dark chocolate. So I thought, well... You know, when I, my book is beautiful, my Buried in Chocolate book, and it, you know, it's got chocolate and a strawberry and everything on it. And the first time I saw one live, I thought, oh my gosh, too bad we couldn't have done like a scratch and sniff cover, you know, like a, so it really smelled and tastes like the berries. And then I just, I dip everything in chocolate. So, you know, I love the Willy Wonka, the original, you know, with the lickable wallpaper. I thought, why couldn't um, I dip my book too? So today my book is trademarked as the first book in the world with calories. And it's like a candy bar, lasts for eight months, has directions on the back. You just unwrap it, and the reader can eat my chocolate while they read my story. <laughs> so the book the book is a dozen chapters, like a dozen berries in my most famous gift box. And each chapter is a different lesson that I learned while I took my passion and turned it into profits. It's a lot of fun. That is so Awesome. I am so glad that we crossed paths and that you and that you were willing to just jump on and, and do this interview. So my final question yeah. for you is what advice do you have people who are listening who are uh-huh. in companies in leadership roles on mm-hmm. how they can make waves and shake things up and do things that maybe no one else has done before? Because clearly that's part of your 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 storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a big question. Um I just, as far as being create on the creative side, um, you know, I mean, surround yourself, you know, with wisdom and get your ideas out there and share them. You know, a lot of times we have these things in our head and we don't start it, we don't do, pursue them because we don't know how, we're afraid. And so when you surround yourself with wisdom and share your ideas with a lot of people, um, that helps to energize you. And a lot of times for me, just visualizing my idea or what I want to do or my dreams, it's almost like, 
as soon as I'm the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm answering it for myself because I'm putting it out there. And, um, you know, being a risk taker, you know, sometimes you got to be a risk taker. And I love Winona Judd's quote about sometimes you've got to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. So, um, just, um, go for it. You know, you just never know. I just never wanted to be one of those people that, you know, at the end of my life, look back and I wish I would have, or what if I would have, and, um, and then just um, make sure you love what you do. Make sure you're loving your job because, you know, my pastor once told me, you know, that he had never, you know, talked to anybody on their deathbed saying they wish they would have spent more time in the office. So know where your treasure is. Know what the true meaning of success is. And um, that's where you can have a fruitful life. Well, Sherry Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for joining us here on Making Waves at Sea Level. You have certainly made waves uh, in the world of berries <laughs> and in the world of professional speaking. If someone is like thinking, hey, my company, my people, or my association could totally learn from having her come and tell her story, plus mm-hmm. we could have a room full of chocolate-covered strawberries uh, while she's yes. speaking, yum, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, and we do also offer uh, many chocolate wine pairings um, after the event as well. And everybody loves that. We bring our wine too. Nice. Um, just go to my name is Sherry Um, everything I have seems to be difficult to spell, which is horrible for branding, isn't it? But, um, if <laughs> you go I'm to Tom, a, I'm Tom T H O M. So I know all about branding issues. <laughs> you got the singer part pretty easy. Yeah. But both of mine, but, um, again, I just, if you go to Sherry, you know, Sherry's Berries is a huge company with a huge budget. So they buy up all my words. So if you Google me and you think even if you put in buried in chocolate, you know, Sherry's Berries is going to come up there. You've got to, you know, go down, scan down and make sure you're going. If you go to a website and you can't find out anything about Sherry, you know, you're at the wrong place because my mug is all over everything. So <laughs> um, you can go to berries.us, which stands for use Sherry. <laughs> um, you know, we've got some holidays coming up and, um, so berries.use Sherry us, or just go to sherryfitzpatrick.com and there, everything is at Sherry Fitzpatrick, my BNB and my ministry, which is a nonprofit. I'm helping disabled and kids living in horrible poverty in Nuevo Vallarta, just north of Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. That's my passion project. So support my kids down there. Come stay at our B&B, letting people sleep in my boys' rooms to support my boys in Mexico that don't have a room. They're actually living at the dump. So we're getting them educated, getting them a better future. That is so awesome. Classic American entrepreneur. Very awesome. And someone with a big heart to give back. So (laughs) please, everybody, we've got Mother's Day coming up. I would say buried in chocolate is the way to go. Don't go to yes. don't go to lesser quality that might have a name on it. Go to the yes. original source. Go find yep. Sherry Fitzpatrick. The original girl. Awesome. The original girl. Thank you, Tom. Ah, this was great. Now, for everybody who's listening, do me a favor. Tell all your friends that you listen to Making Waves at Sea Level. When I talk to people and they say they listen to the show, I say, how did you find it? And they say, I was recommended by my boss, by my friend, by my neighbor, by my mom. Uh, whoever told you, thank them for putting you onto the show and thank me by telling someone else because I love it. Yeah, I love it if you go and leave a review and those five stars and nice words on Apple Podcasts, that's cool. But telling a friend is even more important because podcasts grow through word of mouth. So go out there, tell somebody, make sure you tune in every Tuesday and Thursday where we interview people who are just as cool as Sherry and people who are making waves in business. And I know you're thinking, how will you ever find anybody this cool? 
Well, we do it every single Tuesday and Thursday. And in the meantime, go out there, flex your own entrepreneurial muscles, make sure that your career ladder is against the correct wall. Because as Sherry said, you don't want to be in the wrong place. You want to be making uh, a life versus making a living. Do that. That's awesome. And while you're at it, have some fun along the way. Go out there. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.